Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Ray and Tay Today. Talking sports with friends. Fellas, just talk about sports. Here it is, y'all. We're on the air. Sit on the sofa, throw your hands in the air. We're talking sports so you can come on and listen. NFL predictions, what you're missing, nothing. We got you covered for college football too. Every fantasy football. Friday you could get what you need to hear. Mondays and Fridays we're always here. Live on the air, you know it ain't fair. Cause we spit it with crazy ill flair. Hip-hop flavor, crazy witty, extremely clever. You know it's gritty. Uh, it's talking sports. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay Eric Taylor, and it's time for NBA Talk. We miss you guys. Hope you're all doing well out there and safe in the world. And we've got a new NBA champion to salute and crown Mad props to Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks, their fan base, their owners, well-deserved, the 2020-21 NBA champs. And, Ray, as we get into it and talk about it and a little bit of looking to next year and the offseason, I have the greatest question. How impressed were you with Giannis's Game 7 and finals MVP performance three times he scored over 40, and then he crowns it with 50, 14, and five pretty tremendous block shots. Where would you rank this? So at game six, he didn't even let it go. I mean, game six, seven. sorry. He didn't even need no, seven. He's like Jordan. He don't need seven games. Sorry, game six. Did you, by the way, did Close you see out. that by Pippen? Pippen, Pippen had the whole, uh, what is game seven? I saw that running around. It was a little meme. Like there was something going on, and Pippen said, "What do you mean, Game Seven? Mike doesn't know what a Game Seven is." <laughs> you know, well, Mike, now neither does Giannis. <laughs> there's so much to unpack here, but let me start by saying that Giannis is. I'll give you two stats. Giannis is 50 points in a closeout game. I know where you're going. Unbelievable. And also his 40 and 10 in three finals games has only been done once by Shaq. So, but for the a 50, guy, don't forget about Bob Pettit. I thought you were going to give us the Bob Pettit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, but, but listen to this, though. No, 100%. I mean, there, you know, but, but you're in rare air. Not only that, but think about this. This is a guy who we thought his knee was gone. Oh uh, ten days ago, hyperextended knee. He, had, he, he thought we thought he you know ruptured ACL, MCL, PCL, all, DHL, UPS, FedEx, <laughs> everything. We thought all the all the animals were gone, all the ligaments yep. were gone in his knee. He somehow miraculously shows up and shows out. And remember, we we were killing him in the beginning of the playoffs, saying, "Why are you shooting threes? You can't really shoot." You and know, rightfully so, rightfully so, he shouldn't. Yeah, and rightfully so, he but should. you know what? He curtailed it, and he shot beautifully from the field, and he shot unbelievably from the line in game six, right? Wasn't he 17 or 18, something like that, from the line? And really, 
you can't underestimate how dominant that 17 team was. 17 for 19, 89.5%. Incredible. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I, I can't say enough. I mean, it was, it was one of the best games ever, and it was certainly one of the best, if not the single best closeout game. I mean, you think about Clyde Frazier's game in 1970 when Willis Reed goes down, and he has, you know, 36, was it, 36, 19, and 7. And then you think about Magic Johnson in 1980 when Kareem goes down. Well, that you and, mentioned and then Jordan 45 in Utah on the road, but – I, I, okay, so that's, that's interesting because they would definitely, you know, Stephen A. and Max were talking about that today on whatever, but that, that's an interesting thing because Waltz, I think, was against greater competition because it's against Chamberlain, West, and Baylor. And West, now joined by Giannis, is one of six guys to, um, you know, do what he did in terms of, what is it, the, uh, finals MVP, MVP, and I forgot the other stats. So it's or, right, or, or MVP, average finals MVP and All Star game MVP. Or well, so it's it's six guys. It's um, Rick Barry, Jerry West, Shaq, LeBron, Jordan, and Giannis. And I forgot what the final like what it was, you know. But it's pretty impressive either way. I mean, the question is though. Yeah, because I, you know, we didn't see it, but well, Fraser, the, the talent, you know, it's better than that Phoenix Suns team. DeAndre Ayton was shook. Um, Cameron Johnson played a great series, but the Paul and Booker didn't give him the ball enough to take enough shots. Crowder was inconsistent the last two games. This game he scored a little, but he didn't play good. Bridges was there athletically and defensively, but not offensively. Frank the Tank finally got in, and that's the only criticism I have of Monty of Frank and Cam Johnson playing more and getting more shots, especially when you, you were undersized. Trying to have Bridges and, and, and Crowder on Giannis in games three, four, and five was insane to me. And, um, you know, and then Chris Paul, and, I, and I, I told you, I really, you know, we were texting, and I, and I really feel, you know, something is wrong with the wrist. Remember he said at the end of the, what, Nuggets series or the end of the last, I can't remember which series, but they said that they did an MRI and he said it was fine. But Ray, we've never seen, and, and this almost made me think like conspiracy, like the fix was in. How would have you ever seen Chris Paul just like dribble up the court and like fall and drop the ball? And everybody's trying to say, oh, it was Giannis's defense. Get out of here. Giannis wasn't even on him at the end of, what was that, the end of game four that that happened? It was really weird. Chris Paul with the turnovers, game four was like the weirdest anomaly. And, and so now I'm, I, We'll see how the offseason plays out, and I, I don't know if he's injured. I'm not giving excuses, but Milwaukee was the bigger, stronger, and faster, better team. You predicted in six. I had Phoenix in seven. So I salute you and Milwaukee. And Coach Boonizer, who I, I don't – you know, he could have gotten fired if they lost in the first or second round. So I don't love him, but they came through for him. You know, and it was really tougher – Holiday and Portis, that made the difference, right? They changed the roster. Unlike Aaron Rodgers, who's a co-owner, who gets, you know, he gets a ring that way. They didn't give him the additions. But Giannis and Middleton, they got three huge additions because those guys are dogs and defensive players. You know what? With Mike Budenholzer, he learned how to win under Popovich in San Antonio. Then he went to Atlanta and kind of – spread his wings, and then he went to Milwaukee. Now, I don't like his offensive system. 
he needs to bring in the Tom Thibodeau on offense, right? He needs to have a more fluid. Yeah, offense. but also adjustments in game, Ray. He doesn't make. I mean, game on, he doesn't make great. He doesn't make great adjustments. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. But 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 what he does do though, to his credit, is he gets all the guys to buy in. He gets yes. them to play D. He gets them to play hard. So you know that combination with the GM who gave him pieces to work with. And remember, they lost Dante DiVincenzo, who, you know, again, role player, but he's part of the rotation. Um, you know, I and Pat Connaughton had a big series, very Pat good Connaughton series. Was a huge series. Huge. It's so funny. Cause Offensive out of rebounds Dame, and threes, he was important. Remember coming out of Notre Dame, it was like, oh, no, I'm a baseball player. I'm a baseball player. I'm like, eh, I don't know how good you are on the baseball diamond, but you're pretty good on basketball. So maybe you should stick with basketball. And he ended up sticking with, with the hoops, which was a good good trade-off for him. But Milwaukee is an interesting team. I thought, and remember when, when they made that move, I thought they overpaid for Drew Holiday. And I thought they mortgaged their draft future for Drew Holiday. And I said, unless Drew Holiday plays big, they are going to regret that trade. Turns out Drew Holiday played big in moments. He was, he was inconsistent, but he did enough in the big games to win, and, and that justifies that trade. I thought they gave up a king's ransom for him, and they locked him up for so long. And I said to myself, wow, there's a lot of pressure on Drew Holiday. And I don't think he was worth it. And I didn't think he was going to be as, uh, you know, at his best, he's pretty good. But I thought that he, he, wasn't, he wasn't as consistent. But you know what? They got away with it, and they did it. And we talked a little bit about, you know, there's a banged-up Brooklyn team. There's a banged-up Philly team. No, but I don't think Milwaukee can repeat. I, I mean, listen, you talk about Philly, Milwaukee, Lakers, Clippers, Jamal Murray Nuggets, Utah, you're talking about if Dallas makes an off-season move, uh, God knows if Miami gets somebody. We don't know where Dame Lillard and Chris Paul could go. Phoenix, potentially, if they stay, and then they wind up getting a Bobby Portis, who is actually going to have to probably leave Milwaukee because they can't afford him. Um, so, yeah. Where was and, he and on the Knicks? Where was Bobby Portis on the Knicks? Where was this? Oh, oh he, he had some good games. He had some good games with the Knicks. He I can't say he did. Games. Yeah, no, no, he, he actually did. But, you know, this is, a, this is a, a fascinating championship. I don't want to put an asterisk. I, I respect Giannis, and I know you're all big on the small market. You know, like we all kind of wanted that uh, Stojakovic, Vlade Divac, and Weber team to win back in the days in the Portland teams. But, you know, for Sacramento. But I am so happy for Milwaukee. They have good owners. They have a great fan base. And you know what? It proves, and you're starting to see it. Number one, we love this, the resurgence of the big man. The Joker gets MVP, and B was second. Giannis has got two, the other two past MVPs. You know, he's really, I guess, a power. Now, that's the other thing, too, right? He started off as a small forward. Then he was a point forward. He's a power forward. He's not a center, but he plays like a center. Like, when we go looking at the NBA rankings, and I just put up on Twitter, our, our top 25 of all time, you know what I mean? And, and where we had it. And now the question is, where does Giannis Antetokounmpo rank in that? And, you know, we both had, you know, towards the end of that, we both had, you know, interesting guys in terms of like Havlicek, Baylor, you had Isaiah towards the bottom, you know, Garnett, Jerry West. And, you know, Giannis, with one title, one finals MVP, defensive player of the year, and two MVPs, 
you know, I'm not saying you had Barkley at 20, that he's passing Barkley and uh, David Robinson in 19 yet or whatever, but he's climbing up this list and he's 20. Yeah, Giannis and Kawhi. Remember, we kept Kawhi off the list because we said about longevity. Well, I put he him in. You keep him off. I put him in at 24. And you know, I I've been him... as big a Kawhi fan as there is, you yeah. know, coming And out I had Pippen at 25. So, you, you know, know what? Giannis is, is, and he's young. He's, he's only 26. He's got he's two fine. MVPs. He's got two defensive player of the years. He's got a finals MVP. And, you know, he's got no, it's much fascinating. more food. Like right now, let's just look at the guys that one chip, like that are also power forwards. Because I guess we'd officially have to rank him as a power forward, right? He, he's like okay. Tim Duncan in a way. You know, he can play the yeah. five, but, you know, he'll probably Hybrid, but he's a power forward. Yeah, because Brooks starts at center. PJ was the three. Middleton the two. So, like, for example, right, you had uh, – we both had, like, you know, because it was so hard. But, like, so you had tied for 25th. You had um, uh, Havlicek, Stockton, and Nowitzki. And then I had tied for 25th because, you know, it's just so hard to stop at 25. I had Pippen, um, Stockton, and uh, and I, I guess, wow, I went four. I had K, KG and, and Dirk. So – is he better than Dirk and KG? Let's just stop right there. Or will his career wind up being? Dirk is a sixth all-time leading scorer in the NBA. Um, yet, he doesn't dominate like Giannis does. So Giannis, the only thing keeping Giannis, Giannis away from – Well, that's what I'm saying. The only thing keeping Giannis away from being better than Dirk and being better than Garnett is an injury. So if he doesn't get injured and he plays even four more years, then, yeah, he's better than both of them because he dominates. Do you think he can win another ring, though? Why not? Uh, It'll be hard. I don't think he will many because, like you said, every team you mentioned can win. Philly can win if they get head right. (laughs) Brooklyn can win if they can keep that big three together. The either LA team can win if they can. Denver's young and on the on the up and up. Uh, Utah. Porter and then Murray getting healthy. Right there. So you know what? There's eight teams that can seven eight teams that can win an NBA title. But what we've seen. Remember, we went back, what you say are historians. So if you think about basketball in the modern era, so call it from the the bird, magic bird era. So since 79-80 season, right? You need to win an NBA title. There's only been one exception to this rule is the 2004, and they almost did it in 2005, but the San Antonio Spurs got them in seven, is the Detroit Pistons are the only team that has won a championship with just, and I say quote-unquote, just a bunch of all-stars, which, you know, is nothing wrong with that. Rasheed Wallace. But, hey, Hall of uh, Famers and, and Ben Wallace, and probably when the dust settles, Rasheed and Chauncey could wind up getting in there one day. Maybe not, but I don't even know, great players. I don't even know if Ben Wallace is a Hall of Famer, frankly. But you know what? We'll give it to him. If we gave it to Rodman, I guess we we give it to him, too, to, just because he played one side of the court so well and, and won Dominant. a championship. Dominant. But – but you need so, – so, I mean, I guess it's a disrespect to say Ben Wallace is not a Hall of Famer because he is. But, but you need an all-NBA player, right? You need, you need not only a Hall of Famer. You need an all-NBA player. So, so, 
every team has at least one, with the exception of that Detroit team, that one all-NBA dominant player, and that's Giannis. So anytime Giannis steps on the court, and now that he's won one, his team has a chance to win. And, you know, that's, that's the formula. It's Giannis plus two. So it was, it was Giannis plus two all-stars. Drew Holiday is a two-time all-star, and Chris Middleton's a you know, multiple-time all-star himself. So Giannis plus two. And then you just have to put some decent role players around him. Uh, well, so absolutely, Giannis could has you, a chance to could win Could you say that they're kind of potentially like the new Spurs? I mean, think of it like this. You know, if he's sort of that Duncan, right, and Boonheiser comes, you know, he come, Boonheiser comes from the, the pop tree, and you kind of look at, like, you know, Drew Holiday is, 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 is kind of a Parker, and Middleton's kind of a Ginobili. Those guys weren't household names. They kind of became it because you saw them in the finals every year. But they were scrappy, right. two-way players. Neither one were dominant on the offensive or defensive end, but they were good enough on both sides of the ball. You know what I mean? And that, that's something well, you, you really got great gotta... role players, you know, Danny Green and Patty Mills and Robert Ori and, and Boris Diaw. And so um, remember, too, though, we're forgetting that, you know, Kawhi Leonard – uh, at the end, and David Robinson in the beginning, right? The first championship in, 80, in 99 against the Knicks, and then the next one in 2003, he was already on the downside of his career. But in 99, it was the Twin Towers, right? It was Robinson and, and, uh, and yeah. Duncan. But, you know, if they can keep this Milwaukee team together. I mean, um, you definitely got a chance just because you know they're going to stay healthy and players, not like it's a destination like Miami or L.A., but guys that want to win a chip, they saw this. They saw 65,000 in the freaking Deer District, and they see Giannis is unselfish. She's becoming a better passer. And if I'm a shooter, if I'm J.J. Redick, right, and I got one or two more years left, I'm a Seth Curry in the next contract, I might be like, you know what? I'm going to Milwaukee to win more with Giannis. And that's going to start to happen, Ray, where guys are going to be like, you know what? I get free open shots like like freaking galore playing with that dude. Why not? I, and I love it, and I love it. And, you know, we grew up as Knicks fans, and we like Philadelphia, and, and, of course, we respected the Lakers and and the Celtics and all those dynasties, and it would be great to see a little dynasty in Milwaukee. Why not? I mean, the NBA is dominated by the two coasts, but – you know, I, that's why I was happy to see Phoenix. I was happy to see Utah. I was happy to see Milwaukee. Uh, you know, if Indiana can put it together again, I'm happy to see these smaller market teams. Obviously, Phoenix is a big, you know, metropolis, but hasn't been known for its basketball mm-hmm. since Barkley. So I, I'm I'm happy. This is great. You know, we might very well see Phoenix. Uh, sorry, uh, Philly, LA next year, or Brooklyn, LA next year in the finals, which would be probably what the odds makers would have you believe but i'm very happy from milwaukee well let's, you know what's let's great? touch on this though as you're saying that where does phoenix go from here chris paul's got a player option which i get that he might want to become a free agent but 44 million um i might just opt in one more year and run it back because no gosh. no he doesn't want to become a free agent because nobody's going to pay him that money like if he if he gets a free if he's a free agent people are going to offer him 20 the other thing is his body 
you know, unfortunately he's 36 years old and his yeah. body, you think it's a wrist injury and it might be, or another explanation is just, it's just, just wearing down 72 games, even though it's, and you know, holiday it's picking them up full court. Yo, that changed everything. Yeah. Drew holiday and, and game Chris three Middleton. on, he picked up, and not only did he pick him up full court, but he was on him. Why would Coach Booth, like, why would he not have Holiday on Paul the first game and a half? That made no sense. Like, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, he, like, his coach. He's stubborn. I think, I think he's very stubborn. Now, look, the stubbornness also, to his credit, the stubbornness also allowed him to stick with Brook Lopez. Remember when Brook Lopez was being run around, they ran around him in circles, and Chris Paul was seeking him out. For that switch, well, because they the weren't switching the pick and roll properly, and so he had to finally make the adjustment and and go over the pick and roll. But then it also changed when they were more aggressive, picking him up half court, you know. And then yeah, Phoenix yeah, went away from it. Saying, a lot of people were saying, "Don't have Brook Lopez play at all. Have Bobby Portis play. Go small. Have Giannis play the five. Don't have Giannis play." Right. Well, no, they started to play, play Portis and, and Cotter then like a lot more. I, I mean, they did. He did make that adjustment, which is why. Bobby Portis, member was so huge, game three, and going crazy with the crowd. I was happy for him, man. That was a great story. Bobby, Bobby, you know what I mean? It was really cool. And he's one of those guys that, you know, we kind of, we saw his talent and potential, but he was one of those guys that he wasn't great at anything. He just had, he just was a, a player, right? And then we saw him with that young, sort of weird, psychotic Chicago Bulls organization where the owner and GM are crazy. They were going through all different types of coaches hires, from college coaches to this to that. And, you know, then he got out of there. Remember, they were having team fights. Chicago was a mess. And, I, and it still oh, might be. He, wasn't it? Was it Dario Sarge? Who did he punch in the, in the face? No, it was, it was, um, it was uh, Laurie Markinen, I believe. No, I don't think it was marketing. I thought it was Dario Sarge. Was, was never on Chicago. No, it then it was Chicago European, player. dude. It, was, um, it wasn't Laurie Marketing though. It was because they split them up. Um, oh, I've, got, I've got to go back into the archives. But anyway, yes, he had And it wasn't Chris Dunn, but yeah, it was a European player. The, and it anyway, wasn't Wendell yeah, Carter you, Jr., yeah. But you know what I mean? So, I mean, my thing is, though, like, what, what, what is, what's the moves for Phoenix and so you think Chris Paul would be crazy to opt out. And right. then, you know, you're hearing different reports about him maybe opting out and going to L.A. And he could sign a two-year deal. And maybe it's less money, but maybe that's what he wants. Because, honestly, he'd be perfect for L.A. Because he, he, he could be literally the third player, which is what he is now. And he's not – he doesn't – you know, give him credit, though. For people trying to rip him for the series – he averaged 19 and 11, almost 19 and 12. So he didn't play that terrible. Um, right. You know, he just wasn't as great as the last uh, couple of series. But, you know, what happened really, I mean, Aiden, poor Aiden, because Aiden played great, you know, and, and just fell apart like the last two games. But he had no help. Well, the, uh, the other problem is, is, is they need to max out Aiden. Aiden. And, I mean, Aiden is a max player eh, because he's with Devin Booker. And, 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 you know, some of these other guys that, that are role players. But he's not in and of himself a guy that you carry a, a team with. So it's a little dangerous to max out both Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton uh, because DeAndre Ayton can't carry that team. If, if Booker goes down 
you know, he's a very Aiden, Aiden has definitely improved a lot. Chris Paul definitely, you know, made it look better than got he MVP. He did great with that team. And Aiden, Aiden and Bridges are totally on the upswing. And, you know, I think Phoenix is in the right direction, and they'll be in the top five or six or seven next year in the West. <laughs> because the, guess who's coming back? Clay Thompson and the Warriors, and they have the number seven pick and Wiseman. And they get the who number seven pick, right? Ship, exactly. If they ship that out and freaking bring back uh, Yusuf Nurkic and freaking uh, Lillard, you know, and they throw in uh, Wiggins, Wiggins, Wise, Wiseman, and the seventh pick for Nurkic, and uh, you know, I mean, who knows? You know what I mean? So. The NBA is, oh, my God. And, and we'll talk about that some more. But I just hope that Phoenix um, can maintain, you know, even though we know it's so hard. And that's what I was saying. Like, both these teams, if everyone's healthy, they don't sniff the finals. They just don't. And, 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 but that's okay. It was a very tough season. All the testing, all the positive this, negative this, and then, you know, testing, you know, three times a day. It was a lot. And so whoever survived, and then, you know, it was a quick in season, but I got to, I got to criticize the commission and I love Adam. I love him to death. You cannot start the season in October, the regular schedule. It is too fast again. And then you're going to go back to the injuries. There's nothing wrong. Okay. You don't even have to start a Christmas like this year. How about even Thanksgiving second week of November? You're not banging your heads against the NFL. You're only going into not late July like this. You would just go maybe to the, um, you know, the first week of July, right? Still have your summer league and the draft, and you you get the benefit of guys getting enough rest, and then that's just the new season. So he's talking about oh the players clocks and they want to be at home with their kids in school. Hey, you missed the first week for the only two teams. Most of the guys will be home with their kids for summer vacation. Right. Because let's say whether East Coast, West Coast or Central school is ending the end of May or the end of June. So it's only really two to four teams that are playing to the end of June anyway. So that first week and a half in July, it's just the championship. You know what I mean? And let's say the season ends July 7th and the draft is July 11th or 12th. Perfect. There's no way if he kicks it off and they're talking about what, October 19th or 20, you know, what that's too early, Ray. I'm sorry. It's a huge mistake. So let's yeah, see what. I, the, I, I hear you. Um, and well, also, well, what do you, do you agree? What do you think? No, I agree. And keep in mind, some of the people are playing in the Olympics. So not yeah. only do you have the people that played in the NBA finals that reached, you know, mid July, the people in the Olympics, the 12 or 13 or so, you know, players over in Tokyo are going to play until early to mid-August. So you're talking about a really condensed off-season. And I hate to say it, it's TV TV and gate revenues because, you know, 82 games gets the league more money than 72 games. I know, but pushing it back two, three weeks is not like pushing it to Christmas. I think it's just wise. You push it back three weeks, you're helping the Olympic guys, you're helping just the, the rest, and then also you're not banging up against week six of NFL, college football, week seven, fantasy football. You, you're, 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 you're then starting, what, let's say November 18th, the week before Thanksgiving or something, and then you're banging into week 10 or 11. It's a different story, week 12, right? 
then you know what I mean? It's less of a collision and it actually, it frees you up. You're not going up against the baseball playoffs and world series. I mean, come on, like these guys have got to start to like really look at this long term. It's a, it's actually better for them. I, I agree. I couldn't agree more, but there must be some other factors at play. You know, the owners want the game well, revenue. They want to be aligned with hockey. They they wanna... stick to what they already had. And I think the last two seasons and, you know, the unfortunate or the blessings of this, you know, silliness for the last year and a half is that you can learn a lot from the bubble. You can learn a lot from the, the schedule. You got the play in now next year, they want to put in a mid season tournament that nobody really wants. And honestly, I don't think fans even care about stupid stuff like that. They barely like the all-star game, a mean mid season tournament, like your freaking soccer that, $500,000? What? Like, like, that's stupid. Like, that's too gimmicky, right? I, I'd rather you stop that foolishness, get to a clean, even number, bring in Las Vegas and Seattle in two years, move Memphis to the east, and then let's really rock and roll. And that generates revenue, even though he also said, oh, well, it also, you know, you know spreads the pie out. It does, but you do get the initial revenue with the buy-in for like $2 billion for each franchise or whatever. And so what you're splitting, you know, you're splitting a, a, a freaking huge contract just to two more owners. No big deal. You know what I mean? But it, it just, it heightens the game and there's so much talent. Do you realize how many foreign players are now in the league and dominant foreign players? Even when you consider the Canadian guys, you got the Murrays, the Wiggins, the, the Joker, the Giannis, the Embiid. I mean, Pascal international, Ray. Yeah, I mean, so, like, to me, that's only going to grow. And, you know, this year in the draft, you know, there's like six, seven guys that are going to be – I mean, we can easily – You saw the, the U.S. Uh, – the Olympics has this three-on-three thing, three-on-three tournament. The U.S. three-on-three Who's the team, team didn't, didn't even qualify. Didn't even qualify for the Olympics. Like that's, that's almost blasphemy that a U.S. basketball team wouldn't even qualify. Yeah, because the they didn't put together a good enough team. Well, but it also shows you that you can't just show up and expect to win. Meaning, no, that I mean, hey, that happened last week, right? Durant and Lillard got spanked, right? Nigeria, yeah. salute them, and Australia, right? Yeah, Did well, going all right. So, so Alex also playing here. Did you see that, Luis Sciola? Ricky Rubio and Pau Gasol are still playing for Spain. They brought him out of wheelchairs, and they're still playing. That's amazing. That's like Uncle Drew when they, you know, they rolled out the the, the team. No, <laughs> Chris Webber. Wow, but I'm like, oh my god, you guys, it's time to stop. There's nobody else in the country that can play. <laughs> Not like those guys. And since they know each other, you know, it's just camaraderie. Uh, it made me smile. It made me smile. So are we going to try to what? How do we wrap? So so how do you wrap up this season? Well, what are your top two or three takeaways from this season? What are you looking for in the off season? Um, I think this season we, we, we saw there's going to be some interesting things that happen. What, you know, first of all, I love the development of Trey Young. 
I couldn't applaud Atlanta and Nate McMillan more. I think Nate McMillan is the most underrated coach in the NBA and has been disrespected for too long. I think the NBA definitely started to hire some more African-American and Latino coaches. That's a better thing. I think now they said there's one more hire. starting with some women coaches. And they should already have hired Becky Hammond. And so you're at the point where out of 30 teams, I think it's 13, 14 minorities, and hopefully we can get a woman in there soon. Um, I think I, I like Jason Kidd getting another chance, and I think he'll be the best thing ever for Luca. But I think Porzingis might need to move. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at teams that need to decide, is this the end of the road? Do they break up Lowry in Toronto? What happens with Pop and the Spurs and DeRozan? LaMarcus Aldridge is gone. Will DeRozan go to the Lakers? Is, you know, where does Lillard go? Does Portland, you know what I mean? Um, do they move CJ and try to get a player to keep Lillard? Uh, the Ben Simmons saga. I think he totally needs not only to live in the gym, but to um, shoot a thousand jumpers a day, but he needs to leave Philly. And I think that will be the best thing for him. I don't know if that's the Clippers. I don't know if it's Portland, um, but, you know, he needs to either be like a Giannis point, point forward and have shooters around him. Um, but I'm also curious to see what happens because, listen, your boy uh, Dan Gil, uh, David Griffin is under pressure. You're putting now the third coach in three years for Zion, and, you know, he might be like, you know what, this is getting kind of clownish, and the NBA might need to look, is that the right ownership group? Do they need to have the Benson sell? And does New Orleans need to stay in New Orleans? Because there's a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? And so there's some fascinating storylines with Toronto, New Orleans, Dallas, Portland. Obviously, you know, hopefully the Knicks don't overpay for Randall. But, you know, and then obviously, you know, the, the big teams, right? Does, you know, Brooklyn, L.A. and the Clippers, do they, you know, figure it out? So the offseason is going to be a lot. I think there's going to be more trades than we can even fathom. You know, the Portland Warriors, Sixers, Mavericks, I think they're all going to shake up. If, if some of the top-tier players get traded, right, like if Dame Lillard gets traded, or if it's a bunch of, uh, you know, second-tier role players that fill out rosters who are, you know, just as important. Because, like we said, you need – if you're going to win a championship, you need at least one all-NBA player. Sometimes you need two. Uh, depending on who the roster, who those All NBA players are, and who the roster is around you, but there's only six, seven, eight teams that really have a chance to win. So <laughs> those teams need to be worried about. Well, their I don't see how anyone can beat uh, Brooklyn when Dinwiddie gets back. I mean, I mean, when you look at Landry Shaman and healthy, it's hard to it's hard to stay healthy, somebody beating Brooklyn. I can't fathom it. Now, this is a question I want to ask you. So. The two L.A. teams, what do you think they need, and do they both need to move off of Beverly and Schroeder? Or do they need to just get a point guard like for the Clippers and Schroeder, and, and, and Beverly can just be the thug backup point guard? And do the Lakers need to move off of Kuzma and Schroeder to get someone real legit at the point? Like how do you think they should move? 
Look, I think the Lakers just need to drink a lot of, you know, kale, beet, orange, mango. Need kombucha, yo. And need some kombucha. No, no, I'm serious. Anthony Davis. Let's be honest. He has not put in the work in all season. LeBron, I have no issues with. He wasn't made. You know what I mean? But it's Anthony Davis, the guy that's healthy and he's young. Anthony Davis is fragile, and that's it's part of the reason why he took the money in L.A. I don't blame him. If I'm his agent, I'm but telling him to take the money, right? He's always fragile because he's not putting it in in the offseason. Look how Giannis has changed his body. He put on, what, 55, 60 pounds of muscle since he came in? Giannis was like malnourished crackhead when he first and, came in the league. <laughs> come on now. Um, <laughs> you know, I will say this. I will say this. You know, if Anthony Davis doesn't come back this year, in the best shape of his life, I'd be very disappointed because he knows what it's like to win. He wants to win again, and he's got LeBron as a teammate. And LeBron, if nothing else, treats his body and his off-season regiment. He comes to work. He may There's nobody ever like LeBron and Brady. Nobody right. ever. He may be Hollywood on the outside, but on the inside, he's he, he blue-collar. He goes yeah. to the gym. He works out. He treats his body right. He does what he needs to do. So, you know, to some degree, uh, Chris Paul's another guy that that just gets injured a little too much. So I don't. But know. is the rumor true? Is the rumor true? I heard that you cried during Space Jam too. <laughs> I cried during the original Space Jam. I don't know. You know, somebody said like, "Yo, you were like, you know, like." Secretly tweeting like the critics, Just like standing up, up for the club. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, people can't I criticize. It's for kids. People try to. You know what? It I find people want to hate on LeBron more than almost any athlete in history. And for once, I gotta I gotta stick up for the guy and be. I mean, not for once, but you know, I'm always gonna be a Jordan guy over him. But you can't criticize LeBron. Like to me, like no. come on, this is What's not no Academy Award. Right. What's the worst thing he's done? He had that stupid press conference and said, uh, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Okay, big deal. Maybe he didn't handle it right and he didn't call the owner and didn't handle it. And he you know, still gave money to charity way. for the boys and girls in Connecticut. Right, 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 right. But that's, you know what I mean? And my other pet peeve about LeBron, again, is a minor thing. And LeBron, you know, I like people that are the leaders without telling you they're the leaders. Like LeBron will always tell you he's the leader. Well, as the leader of this team, I needed to do this, and I needed to put the team on my back. And the team follows me. I think that's the just the younger team. generation, though. I really do, right? Maybe, maybe. They're different you know, ones. Michael yeah. Leader and everybody knew Mike was the leader. He didn't have to tell you he was the leader. And Giannis yeah, but Mike was probably saying it, have... saying it a lot more in private than LeBron does. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And smacking you up but with yeah, a LeBron cigar LeBron and a breakfast. But but you said okay. But you said all right. What about those LA teams? So Brooklyn needs to be healthy. I think the LA Lakers just need to be healthy. I think they're fine. Think so you want to keep her? I'll keep Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, why not? Look, really? he played terrible to me, Ray. You can you know? win with Dennis Schroeder. I, I really think you can. Um, Kyle Kuzma just needs to win his role. You know, Caruso. They've got enough players to win a championship if they're healthy. I don't think they have to make a trade. Now, can can they? Rob and what do you feel about Kuzma though? Try to upgrade. Sure. You're but, willing to keep you know, Kuzma too. 
again, I think they could win with all those guys. I really do. I just think it comes down to LeBron and uh, and Anthony Davis being healthy. Anytime you roll with LeBron and Anthony Davis, give me 10 other guys, and I'm probably still (laughs) the championship. I think they need another shooter, right? I do. And I, and I and I just if they use I, a shooter absolutely absolutely could they use a shooter everybody's gonna have four. look what do the L A Clippers do the L A Clippers are gonna lose Reggie Jackson he's gonna go get paid so now yeah, he's got a L A I forgot to mention him I mean those are two guys in the playoffs Trey Young and Reggie Jackson wow they stepped it up they really did and and the Clippers have a problem because you know I, I think that Rondo and Beverly. You know, together are taking up two roster spots when you can only really. Oh, Rondo's not going to come back. He was. A, no, I know, but you're going to lose one of those guys, and you're going to lose Patrick. Uh, um, sorry, you're going to lose uh, um, Jackson, Reggie Jackson. So that team is going to have a problem. All, well, because you need a scorer. Yeah. They had Lou Williams, and now Reggie Jackson. Now he's going to be going. Luke Kennard is, you know, Luke Kennard is what he is. He's a, he's a solid, you know, off the bench there. But yeah. Reggie they actually Jackson they lost Lou. They missed Lou. Lou's in Atlanta. They missed Lou. No, Lou Kennard. I'm saying. They had oh, Lou, Lou Williams. Kennard, yeah. They had <laughs> Lou Williams, but Lou Williams was effectively replaced by by uh, um, by Jackson, right? So that was a, a even an upgrade. You could argue Reggie Jackson was more consistent. I don't know. Ever since ever since he got caught in, in that uh, in that gentleman's club, the chicken wings during the, the chicken uh, wings brought him down. COVID. Those are different. Those are those are those are COVID wings. They're different. They taste different. <laughs> different flavors. Yeah, Lou Will. Something happened to Lou Will. No, you what know it what it is. You know what it is. He's getting tired because he's been putting jumpers in people's eyes for so many years, and he's got so many Six Men of the Year awards. I mean, Lou's finally getting a little tired. That's all. I guess. I mean, but yeah, you had Lou, a was, Lou was the, the man for so long. You had a chance last year to make a solid run at a title with the Clippers, and then it all blew up, and then they, you know, they got rid of you. And now in Atlanta, you know, you had a chance, but you know what? They don't even need him anymore. They got, they got that team pretty much. You know, they've got all the role players set. So, but he's, he's. You know, I, I think he's on the downside of his career. But so you're, my, you're my fine with the Lakers roster. The Clippers, you want to switch I mean, yeah, the guard. Yeah, Lakers can upgrade, but I'm okay with the Lakers roster. I don't think they could. They need to mortgage anything to. I don't even know what assets they have anymore to, to give up. Well, but, do the uh, Clippers humble themselves and bring back CP3? Can there be a reunion? Because he'd be the perfect fit. A right? point guard, a 37 year old point guard. Remember that their season was ended because Kawhi Leonard got hurt, right? And Ibaka got hurt. So bringing back a 37-year-old point guard. Well, what do you want to bring back, a young point? Like, who, who's out there that's a young guard that they could even train? And the only thing that I could say is, and you'd have to, are you talking about putting up Paul George for Lillard? Because you don't have enough to get C.J. McCullough. Like, who's out there? Really think about it. Oof. That's what I'm. I mean, that's what I'm contemplating in that sense. Like, to me, what could you possibly trade to get someone good enough? Because someone good enough, we're looking at a, 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 a Chris Paul, C.J. McCullough. Um, See, I don't know if you need that level of 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 all star or guy. Chris Paul makes forty million. I mean, 
where do you fit him into your? I don't know. I, could to you, me, could you go get? Could you go get uh, the one of the point guards from Charlotte since now Lonzo Ball's the man? Could you go get Devonte Graham, who was Devontae really Graham? great? No, the last you, year and a half, Monte Graham's been the man. Maybe, or or maybe you look to build like the like the Atlanta Hawks did. You find yourself a Herder or a Bogdanovich, um, a, a role player on offense, and maybe a role player on defense. You know, you could use some help up front. Uh, I love Nicky Batum played great, uh, great. You know, for, for his role, he played that Boris Diaw, you know, uh, Frenchman who can contribute in in all facets of the game. I think you need another score, another feat. I know you miss Boris Dia. I do miss Boris Dia. So feelings for Boris. The question is, what happens with Ben Simmons? I think that's kind of the biggest chip is Simmons and Lillard. You know, um, obviously the first couple of picks, we know you're talking Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs and some of these other guys. So the draft will be fascinating. You know. We're going to have to get into that. I mean, I don't think there's anybody that's coming in and dominating and, you know, to, like, change the franchise. Like, I don't know if it's going to change, what, the top three picks or what, like Orlando, Cleveland, and whoever else. The Rockets. Like, no, it's uh, – um, yeah, it's, it's the Pistons, number one, the Rockets, and then uh, who's Cleveland, number three, the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, the Cavs, maybe Evan Mobley goes there, gets them some size. Yeah, and, and so that's what I'm saying. Nobody's changing. Like, Raptors, those teams aren't changing. Magic are 4-5. Those you know, teams like aren't you said, changing. Who's seven? The Golden State Warriors are seven. Well, there's, I mean, there's talent for them, you know, and that's why it's a decent pick to package. That's what I'm saying, right? Because there's been rumors about even Simmons to the Warriors playing around Steph and Clay. He could kind of, you could wow. literally, listen to this, he could play the Draymond Green role and be the point forward, which would be perfect. If you ship seven Green and Wiggins and hold on to Wiseman, now the Warriors are talking chip, and then could you bring seven. in Green? And now what Wiggins? the Sixers do it, though? Um, green, I guess green and Tobias kind of, you know, that's, yeah, that's kind of hard. And then Wiggins, he could play two or three. It might not be enough, but the six, but the Sixers don't need Wiseman, you know? So that's the thing. And then would they want to have that seven, you know, then could you bring in a third team? So then they wind up getting CJ and then maybe Draymond Green, or Wiggins goes to help out uh, your boy. That'd Dame be interesting. So if he goes Dame to help out Dame. Stays in Portland with Chauncey Billups. Right. So if you brought in Draymond and Wiggins to help Chauncey, McCullough goes, you know, Simmons goes to the Warriors, and then McCullough, a seven pick, and a couple other, you know, you're going to have to throw in, you know, maybe send Melo there and, uh, and, and one of the young um, Anthony Simmons, Simons, who's nice. You send them to Philly. Now you're getting interesting in a little three-way like deal. Like Shake you know? Milton and C.J. McCollum in the backcourt with, with Seth Curry off the bench? Well, you're also getting seven, and you're getting, you know, maybe, maybe you're getting um, – 
who else could you be getting? Maybe you're getting uh, maybe you're getting Mello, right? If Green and Wiggins go to Portland, you're getting uh, CJ Mello seven and the Blazers first round pick. So two first rounders, right? Maybe you get a future or another second. You're freeing up some space, so maybe you can sign a veteran like a Chris Paul, or maybe you can sign a Reggie Jackson. See, now it gets a little interesting. And then, Ooh. and then, yeah. Although you so, don't even Jackson, DJ McCollum on the same team, but uh, no, I hear well, you. No, but I mean, I'm just saying, like you know, you know what's interesting is because these guys are deal makers, right? You know, uh, well, that's, what, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, if, if anybody else was the GM of the Sixers, I would say, look, they're too scared. They drafted him number one overall. They'll you let know, him play out. They'll, they'll let Doc Rivers, you know, get in, try to get in his head. But Daryl Morey will, will, will make a move. And of course he will. I want to say so, – so here's the question. Whenever the NBA season starts – in October. No, let's do the other way. Let's say by the All-Star break or by the trade deadline. Is Ben Simmons on the Sixers or is he on another team? I got to believe before the start of the season or before the trade deadline, he's somewhere else. Mm, I just I just think the number one overall pick. Mentally, but think about it. I think mentally – you see that him and Joel, it's not like they don't – first of all, they're not really friends, but I don't think they complement each other on the court. You need no. – you need, he needs to be more a Giannis type. Ben Simmons, if he's going downhill and penetrating and passing and getting rebound, he's like, a, he's like a Draymond Green, just a way more better athlete. If he, if he ever could get the Golden State, good Lord have mercy. Oh, my gosh. Don't let him play with Curry and Clay. Don't no, let him. I don't think Golden State has enough capital, you know, to give. They'd have to give up Wiseman. That that would have to be a three-way because they'd have to give up Wiseman, the number seven. Maybe Wiseman you know. goes with Dame. Dame gets a real big man. You know, you know, down with Yusuf Nurkic. He's he's fugazi. Try to talk smack to the Joker. Joker put him in a mix. Please. Uh, well, he was like, you remember how I used to do you? He was like, you remember how I used to do you a practice in Denver? Come on, get out of here. <laughs> I gotta tell you, um, man. If Murray's healthy, I love that Denver team. You know, it takes time for an ACL, but maybe by maybe by March, April, he starts feeling good enough. Ray, the way Porter's developing, and if and Gary Harris can ever stay why, healthy, that's another reason why I like the Milwaukee team winning. Eight years they put in the work, Chris Middleton. Oh, no, no, no. That, that's how it used and to be, right? Remember? They Detroit. went and they went in the, lost in the first round. Then they lost yep. in the second round. Then they lost in the that's conference finals. That's how it used to be the conference, right? Yeah. That's how it used to be. Put in the work and then you, you break through. Isaiah, Jordan, they all broke through. Yeah, yeah. And that was Milwaukee. They almost broke why. through, but they couldn't freaking, you know. Pat Riley didn't know how to use his bench, so. <laughs> That's all about the story. Oh gosh. So no, this this has definitely been fun. I mean, I think overall, you know, you 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 don't need to put an asterisk on it, but 
I think it will be evident. No, just like that... you didn't put an asterisk when Kawhi won two years ago. You know, the the Lakers. The Warriors and, got and hurt. Durant, yeah. I'm sorry. The Warriors got hurt. Durant got hurt, and then and then Clay got hurt. They won. Well, that's they more, won that's more of an asterisk. Toronto's chip is more of an asterisk than Milwaukee's. Let's be let's be clear. Um, but. Real quick, before I, I, so we didn't touch on, you know, we, we got some listeners in Canada. We didn't touch on Siakam and Lowry. Did Siakam, oh, like, Lowry. Did, did, did Siakam forget that he was good? Or was it him playing in Tampa? Does he need to be in the winter? And uh, then is Lowry, Lowry done? Is Lowry done or could he be a piece for the Lakers or Clippers? That's the one we didn't mention. I don't think Lowry's done as a player. I think he's done in Toronto. So he needs to be moved. And I think he could definitely be the he could guy. Be like, well, I was about to say, Clippers, Lakers, Phoenix Suns. You know, he's the guy that, you know, maybe he's even better than Chris Paul in the sense that he's durable. Right, he he's a little passed on defense. He gives you some punch offense. He can't pass like Chris Paul. No, and he's he not can't. the real like, leader. He's durable. He's durable. Yes. He's there. Right? What did Trent Simple say? The best, the best ability is availability. He won yeah. a championship. He was, you know, the second, third fiddle. Right? He and Siakam were the second fiddle to Kawhi, but they certainly contributed on a championship team, so he's got that championship luster. You realize he's a six-time All-Star. I mean, he's, he's got more no, All-Star players than Reggie Miller. Yeah, I mean, he, he shouldn't be in Toronto. I think it's a waste. I think Fred Van Vliet's the guy over there. You know, maybe they get something for him. But to me, he is the missing piece on anybody who needs a point guard. You know, like you said, the two L.A. teams – Phoenix, if they wanted to replace Chris Paul and save some money. Uh, what do you think about the rumors of Chris Paul to the Knicks? We haven't touched on the Knicks at all. We got to, you know, I don't want Chris Paul as a player. No. I, mean, I love Chris Paul, but the Knicks need to build for the future, and Chris Paul is for the present. So if you're about to win a championship like Phoenix, do you keep Mitchell Robinson? Perfect. Do you keep Mitchell Robinson and do you sign Randall more than two years? It's all about the price. Remember, we talked about you need to win an NBA championship with an all-NBA player, with a Hall of Famer. The Knicks don't have that on the roster. And their best player is Julius Randle, who on a championship team is maybe the second best player or the third best player. The year that he put up this year, 41% from three, shooting uh, unbelievably well, 25 was it 25 points to 10 rebounds? He's not going to have that season again. So no. this is the best of Julius Randle. Uh, and my fear is that the Knicks are going to overpay for him. He's a great guy, great player, but if Julius Randle... Are you saying Randle and Barrett needed to go, go to the same gym with Simmons and use the other hand? <laughs> but give Julius Randle credit, though. 41% from three. I mean, that's no, beautiful. No. I mean, that's amazing season. Listen, as a Knicks fan, the fact that we had a pulse this year, I mean, gosh, I, I had them at best ninth or tenth in the East. The fact that they were the fourth seed, I, I mean, my cup runneth over. We can't complain at all. Trust me. I mean, you know, we really can't. We got spoiled the fact that they were a fourth seed. But, I you know. know, just thinking about, you know, 
what about Lillard? That's the other rumor. Look, if we have Dame Lillard, it's a game changer. What does it take to, to, to get Dame Lillard to New York? Um, oh, what do we have that people want? I mean, Mitchell I, Robinson, quickly, um, you know, cheap young players. Uh, because our roster, you know, this is what I told you. Is, you know, if you look at Atlanta and the Knicks, both oh, tied God. for fourth, fourth in the East. And this was before the playoffs, obviously after the playoffs. You know, and I predicted Atlanta would win. I was like, Atlanta could beat Philly. They will beat Philly. Their roster versus the Knicks roster. You take the Atlanta roster every day of the week. They've got the star in Trey Young. They've yeah. got the super athletic role players, you know, in John Collins, and they've got the the, the shooters and Herter and Bogdanovich, and they've got the Hunter. Yes, and, and the Knicks They're have yeah. an overachiever. And, and Cam Reddish. Wait, the Cam Reddish is healthy and and really able to play. Yeah, that last game. Remember that game six? He put, he put up he put up good numbers. He, you know, I, I'm not. I'm still waiting on Cam Reddish. I think he was overrated coming out of Duke. You look at that Atlanta Hawks roster, and you say they're they're much better than the Knicks. So yeah. yes, would I love to have Dame Lillard? Of course. I just don't know what draft capital combined with the no, players no. we have to make Portland interesting. All right. So last one before we wrap it up, we got to go. Is Luca the Don overrated? No. In a league that doesn't play defense. But he really doesn't Luka, play any. I understand, but the league doesn't play defense. So Luca came to play. He was on a Dallas no, team that no, – I think Tim Hardaway, Tim Hardaway came to play. But nobody else came to play. No, he showed he up. Look at the heart. He is not overrated. He's awesome. He's but awesome. Ray, like I said, he's got to he's got to relink. He over dribbles. He's got to he's going to kill his career and his body. He's got to play more off the ball he to does. really ever he win. Does. I'm not saying to he ever can't win. improve his game, but yeah. he's not overrated. He is rated where he should be rated. He's a top seven NBA player. He's Luka Don. He's he's, he's amazing. He, that dude is amazing. Yeah, nah, I was really impressed with him too. I just want to see. Uh, I want to see more winning than more scoring. You know, there's a lot of stuff out of Dallas that he's a little bit of a crybaby and hard to deal with. I think Jason Kidd will take care of that and be the best thing for him. Great, great. It's fun. And um, I think we'll have to come back for uh, the 2021-22 NFL preview show. We do. We need to talk real football. And we might have to hit him up with the video. We might have to leave the radio. And we might have to hit him with a video because you and I are pretty handsome guys, Ray. <laughs> and when we talk football, we become even more handsome. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> and your Cowboys are on hard, hard rock, and that's comedy for me. And my Steelers will get to beat you in the Hall of Fame game. So, yeah, we got to talk. We got to talk. This, right, was, this was great. Congratulations, great. Milwaukee. You are the champs. Giannis, you are the man. The Greek freak and anybody who's drafting 14 in the first round can get somebody to build a franchise around. All right. We're out. We are out.